Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. So we start a new series today called Hooked, uh, The Lies We Believe. Uh, Anytime we start a new series, it's a good uh, weekend for me uh, because I have uh, a touch, uh, a smidge, a skosh really of ADD. Uh, And if you know me, you know I am downplaying that. My mind wanders quickly. I lose lose focus. And so anytime uh, there is uh, something uh, new coming up, a new series, it's fresh and it's new and I'm excited and and my attention deficit is kind of uh, at bay. Uh, side note, when I was typing my notes, I misspelled deficit, and it auto-corrected, true story, to defecate. And so apparently, <laughs> I have attention defecate disorder. And I don't even know what that is. That really happened. But listen, we've all been there. We've all been hooked, right? We've been hooked by lies, self-lies, cultural lies, religious lies, marital lies, emotional lies, lies uh, that distort and deceive, that shackle us and keep us really from becoming the people that God has created us to be. And we've all been hooked. And so for the next several weeks, I want us to talk about being hooked and the lies that we believe. And more importantly, what it takes to spit the hook and to swim to freedom. Now, I believe this series has the potential of being life-changing. Because if we're ever going to step into the life that God has created for us, we're going to need to uncover and expose the lies that have hooked us. And uh, a lie believed as a truth carries the same weight as truth. And so if you believe a lie, it carries the same weight in your life as truth. See, one of the worst parts of being deceived is that you're deceived. I mean, think about it. If you knew that you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived because you would stop being deceived. The worst part of being deceived is that you don't know it. I don't know it. And so we buy into a lie. It's subtle and we become deceived. And so this is part of what we're going to talk about in the next several weeks. Here's why it's important. Because what I believe to be truth impacts what I think. And what I think influences how I behave And my behavior sets the trajectory for my life. Listen, what you believe determines how you think. And how you think determines what you do. And what you do sets the trajectory for your life. So believing a lie, being hooked, has implications further on down the line. So let's take a couple weeks and just kind of expose the lies we believe. Let's look at the first lie. Because this is really, our struggle is really nothing new. Going back to the beginning of beginnings, we're going to be in the book of Genesis where the first hook was thrown out and it was taken, taken the bait. Genesis 3, 1, 1 through 7. It says, one day he asked the woman, now speaking of Satan, one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit that is the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. 
And she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt, catch this, suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, in church culture, we give Eve a bad rap, right? It's, it's easy to say that all of the world's problems are because of women. Let's close in prayer. So, I mean, it's, it's easy, right? But, but now, now catch this. In order for Eve to be deceived, she stared into the epitome of evil, right? Eve was tempted by Satan himself. It didn't take a whole lot for Adam to give in, right? There's a naked woman with an apple. That's all it took. So we need to give a little grace to Eve and, and you know, this, the, the, this whole thing. But I want you to notice they bought into a lie. And when they bought into a lie, it affected how they think. And what they think determined their actions. And their actions set the trajectory for their life. Now, a couple things I want you to know about this lie. Satan only showed the cards that he wanted them to see. Anytime we are presented with a lie, we will never see the end result that leads to destruction. Because when we see that, obviously we will make a detour of path. And so Satan has a way, when he, when he throws a hook in your path, he has a way of only showing you the cards that he wants, you, wants me to see. Second, I want you to notice that he didn't force them into a decision. He simply proposed an idea. And the idea was God's holding out on you. You ever felt like God was holding out on you somehow? That, that there was something out there, this is what they believe, that there was something out there that God doesn't want you to have, and in order for you to find it, you're going to have to separate yourself from God. We'll get to that, Patrick, in just a second. That you have to separate yourself from God. And once they were hooked on a lie that there's something God doesn't want them to have, their next step was an easy slide. And this is my story. And I'm guessing it's your story. That when we take the bait and we believe a lie, our next step is an easy slide away from God. For example, the lies we believe. God wants me to be happy. If we believe that God's primary goal for our life is our happiness, then our next step is an easy slide because we'll do whatever we think is going to make us happy because after all, God wants me to be happy. Now, it's not like God wants you to be miserable, but when we think God's main priority, his main goal for our life is happiness, then we can easily slide because anything that brings happiness or perceived happiness must be okay. Here's the lies we believe, that my worth is tied to my performance. You bite on that lie, becoming a workaholic is an easy slide because what you do is who you are. The lies we believe, that my marital unhappiness is my spouse's fault. You believe that. You are an easy slide away from making a life-changing decision. Because what we believe influences what we think, and what we think influences how we behave, and how we behave or what we do sets the trajectory for life. So if we want to become the people that God wants us to be, we have to uncover and expose the lies that have hooked us and that we believe. And so our purpose in this series is really to just discover truth, right? It's one of the hills that we die on, to seek truth. And so during this series, we will be seeking truth. Now, Jesus is the first hill that we die on, and so let's see what Jesus has to say on this subject, and we're going to jump in, but first join me as we pray. Lord, there is such a, a weight to this topic because it affects everything moving forward. 
And we can be so easily deceived, all of us in this room. And one thing that I know is that all of us have bitten on a lie, myself included. We've all been deceived at some point. And I think it's also safe to say that some of us are currently believing in a lie that is affecting their thinking and then influencing the behavior and it is leading to a place that you do not intend for them to be. And so we would simply pray that you would bring your truth from your word, your word which is sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it be alive and powerful to us today, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's look at John 10, because Jesus talks about this idea of what we believe in. We're bringing the offering buckets up. If you'd like to contribute to uh, what we do here at the church, that would, uh, we would thank you for that. So John 10, 10, we'll put it on the screens, John 10, 1 through 10. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, now a sheepfold is just a sheep pen, Rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief or a robber. He's going to build this idea that all right, there's a sheep pen. Anyone who's climbing over the fence can't have good intentions. Right? Must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper, now what would happen is the shepherd would keep sheep, and oftentimes if they put them in to a sheep pen, sometimes there would be somebody else that would come and, and watch the sheep, and the shepherd would, would, would reapproach to take them out the next day. And so he says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. Now catch how many times we're going to listen, we're going to hear voice or listen. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his flock, Jesus gathers his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will not follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know the stranger's voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them again. He said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them again. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and they will find good pasture. And here's what Jesus says. Listen. That the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now I want you to just catch something. I want you to catch what Jesus is saying. He's saying somewhere out there, there is an enemy of yours. A spiritual enemy is who he's referring to, Satan. Somewhere out there, there is a spiritual enemy whose sole purpose is to steal from you what Jesus is trying to give you. His sole purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, his purpose is to just leave us, all of us, in poverty. Spiritual poverty, moral, emotional, relational poverty. Now, if someone is coming to steal from me, there's a few things I want to know. I want to know who it is. I want to know what it is they're trying to steal. And I want to know how they intend to steal it. And Jesus begins to break down exactly what is happening. He says, well, look, here's who's coming to steal it. It's a thief and a robber, right? Satan. He says, uh, here's what he's trying to steal from you. He's trying to steal the very thing I'm trying to give you, an abundant life. And then Jesus tells us, here's how he intends to steal it. And this is where this idea of voice and listening come into play. Here's what Jesus is telling us in this lengthy passage of John 1. 
He says, the life that you desire. Now, nobody desires a life of tension and chaos and rolling from one problem to another, right? Much of life's problems are self-inflicted. At least they have been in my life. Bad decisions, things that we've done. The person that can derail the life that I desire to have most is me. You're probably the same. Jesus says, the life that you desire is ultimately determined by whose voice you decide to listen to. He says, there's two voices that are competing for your attention. The one is a thief, and he's a liar, and he lures and he pulls, and he woos you towards a lie that once you bite will lead to destruction. Jesus says, not only is he a thief, but he's also a liar. Go to that passage in John 8, if you wouldn't mind. He said, because there is no truth in him. This is Jesus talking about Satan. There is no truth in him, and when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar, and he is actually the father of of lies. The other voice is the voice of the good shepherd, which is Jesus. And depending whose voice you listen to or whose voice speaks truth or a lie over you determines where your life leads to. Listen to John 10, 10 again. Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, but my purpose is to give them, to give you a rich and satisfying life. The life that all of us desire is ultimately determined by who you're following and whose voice is speaking into your soul. Now, we see this clearly illustrated in the creation narrative in Genesis. We read just a little bit of it. We're going to kind of finish that passage. Adam and Eve, they bought into a lie uh, that affected their thinking. Their thinking affected their behavior. Their behavior set the trajectory for life. So now we're going to pick up in verse 7 of Genesis. It says, at that moment, right, they just partook of the fruit. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and suddenly they felt shame. Catch that. First time ever, felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze uh, breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Now, we don't know what this looked like, but somehow, before there was a separation between man and God, we recognized the presence of God coming near to us. Now, catch the next part. So they hid, first time ever, from the Lord God among the trees. And then the Lord God called out to the man and said, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid because I was afraid. Now, I want you to catch what's happening. This is the critical moment in humanity when the fracture occurs. And everything that we hold as dear was damaged at this moment. Let me explain what that means. The moment that we bought into a lie, we lost what we hold most sacred. First, it was our relationship with God God, was fractured, right? Because we decided to become selfish, sin, Adam and Eve sin passed down to all of us. All of us now have sin. We're all selfish. Uh, if left to my own uh, desires, I will drift away from God instead of naturally lifting, drifting to God. You're probably the same. And so our relationship with God was fractured. God became someone to be feared, right? Never before had they hidden from God, but suddenly when, when sin entered the world, suddenly they buy into a lie, they become selfish, and now God is to be feared. Creation is fearing its creator. The second uh, fracture occurred in our relationship with ourselves, relationship with self. For the first time, humanity felt shame, right? We just read it. They didn't like who they'd become. They didn't like who they, uh, 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 what they've done. And suddenly, shame settled upon them, and they went into hiding. And we could say that we have been hiding from God ever since. 
because shame had now entered into the equation. And then the, the third sacred part that was broken was with our relationship with others. So relationship with God fractured, relationship with self, I've become my own worst enemy, fractured, and then relationship with others, fractured. Listen, Genesis 3.11, God's asking, you know, what happened? He says, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And listen to what he says, verse 12. The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Now listen, this is more than just the blame game. This is the first time that we see creation stepping on another part of creation in order to gain benefit. And Adam threw Eve under the bus like that because our relationship with others was broken. You want to know why there's so much tension and why there's so much racism and there's so much hatred in the world? Because our relationship with God has been broken, our relationship with ourselves has been broken, and our relationship with others has been broken. Creation has been fractured, now hiding from its creator in fear of God. But I want you to notice what God says next, because it's all coming back around to the voices that we listen to, whether we listen to a truth or a lie. Now, if I was God, I would have been asking some questions spewed with venom. I would have been like, I told you not to do it. Or what have you done? Or now you're going to reap the consequences, or maybe even a little harder. How could you have been so stupid? But notice what God says. He asks a bizarre question, verse 11. Go ahead and put that up, please. He says, who told you that you were naked? I want you to listen to what God is saying because this is important. Here's what God's asking. Who lied to you? Whose voice have you allowed into your soul? What voice have you allowed to become louder than my voice? What voice captured your attention and led you astray with a lie that has now put you in this position? God wants to know who told you you were naked. Now back to our text in John. Jesus reminds us there are two voices that are competing for our attention. And one voice leads to truth, and he says in his own words, an abundant, satisfying life. The other voice will hook you with a lie, and eventually it will lead to destruction. Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, and my purpose is that you may have a rich and satisfying life. So I leave you with a question today. Whose voice have you allowed into your soul? Whose voice has become louder than God's voice? In other words, who has lied to you today? Who's hooked you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you God is angry with you? And who told you that your past is too big for even God to handle? And who told you that God will always hold your sin against you? And who told you that you can never be forgiven? And who told you that you can never be sure of your salvation? And who told you that God is punishing you because of your past? Because God would say, I never spoke that to you. So who told you these things? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that shame has to follow you the rest of your life? And who told you that your past will define your future? And who told you that you will never be good enough or smart enough or lovable or, or, or liked enough? Who told you you were naked? 
Who told you that you're lazy? And who told you that you're going to turn out just like your mama, who turned out like her mama, who turned out like her mama? And who told you not to like what you see in the mirror? And who told you you'll never be at peace with yourself? And who told you that you're condemned? And who told you that you can never be what God created you to be? Who told you that you're not worthy of love and acceptance? Because God, again, would say, I've not spoken that over you. And so if you have been hooked and if you're believing something, God would say, who told you you're naked? Because it was not me. Who told you to assign labels to people? And who told you to hate what is different? And who told you to blame everyone for your situation? And who told you that white is right? And who told you that some lives matter more than others? And who told you that they're your enemy? And who told you that the church doesn't want you or the church doesn't need you? And who told you that your gifts don't matter? Because God would say, I never spoke that to you. And so who told you you're naked? Whose voice? have you allowed into your soul that has become so loud that it hooked you and you began to believe a lie? Look, I don't know where you're at today, but I know it's safe to, to say that every one of us, at some point, we've been hooked. We've all been there. And I think it's safe to say that there are some who are hooked at this moment. And there's two voices that are competing for your attention. One is a thief and a liar, and one is a good shepherd that wants to give you a rich and satisfying existence found in him. And so if you're believing a lie, here's God's word to you. Who told you you're naked? Who told you this lie? Because I did not speak that over you. Inside of us, there is a battle for the real you. And the battle carries eternal weight. There's a voice that grips us with fear, steals our identity, steals our self-worth. And there's a voice that speaks life and speaks peace and a voice that speaks forgiveness and redemption and a future and a hope. And the life that all of us desire is ultimately decided by whose voice we're listening to. So here's a prayer I want to give you this week. It's very simple. I want you to begin to pray that God would renew your mind with truth. Simple. But I want it to be your real heartfelt prayer and you can take it in whatever avenue, whatever direction it needs to go if you want to expand it. If you're not even good at this prayer thing and that's all you can say, that's okay but that you would begin to ask that God would renew your mind with his truth, that lies would begin to be broken. And here's what I know, that God cares for us, loves us enough that he will begin to bring truth upon us and wash over our minds that we can spit the hook and swim to freedom. I want you to just stay seated for a moment. Just, uh, just allow some, a moment for the Holy Spirit of God to just kind of rest upon you. You can close your eyes. You can 
if you'd like. Holy Spirit, speak to us about the lies that we believe. I pray that you would begin to bring freedom and begin to loosen those lies that have hooked us even right now. I pray that upon every person who is here, that you would begin to loosen the lies that have hooked us. Begin to renew our minds, renew our spirits with truth. And we turn to the Good Shepherd to listen to your voice and to follow after you and to step into your best for us. All right, look at me. Uh, one of the hills we die on is no masks. And so I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. And, you know, normally in church it's head bowed, eyes closed, so nobody can see what you're going to do. But listen, we're all broken, right? And so I want to pray for you specifically. If there's a lie that you're believing, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. I want you to join me down here. And I want to pray for you, and I want our church to pray for you. And here's what I need you to know. There is no shame. And I'll tell you what, I'll be the first person to come down here, because here's the lie that I believe. So I've been wanting to go back to school for a long time. And I believe that I'm not smart enough to go back to college. And it's a lie that's hooked me for about 15 years. And so it's, that's my lie. That's what I believe. Every time I think about going back, it whispers in my ear, you're not smart enough, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. And so I'm inviting you. Because what you believe is truth determines what you think. And what you think influences how you behave. And your behavior sets the trajectory for life. So I'm going to pray for you if you want to come down. I'm proud of you. See, here's why I love this church. Because there's no shame in this. Right? We bought into a lie, but we want truth to cover us. And so I'm going to pray for you in church. I'm going to ask that you would pray as well that the Spirit of God would begin to renew our minds. And I'm right there with you. Renew our minds with truth. So Holy Spirit, I invite your presence. I invite your presence to begin to touch each one of our thoughts. Begin to touch that which we think and that which we've believed is truth. And I pray that you would establish a new baseline of truth in our lives. And I speak against the lies that have hooked us, the lies that have hooked myself. I speak against that lie. And over you, I speak the truth of your creator. I speak truth over you. I speak truth over your thoughts. I speak truth over your soul. I speak truth over you to be the created being that God has created you to be. That you are a masterpiece of his creation. 
and I speak against the enemy that would come against us with lies that he repeats over and over and over again until we believe them as truth. And Spirit of God, I ask that you, through your strength and through your power, that you would break the lies that hold us, that we would step into truth. And so we step forward, beginning today, with a new prayer to renew our minds with truth. And we allow the voice of the Good Shepherd to influence and determine our lives. I speak that over you. I speak freedom over you that comes from knowing the truth of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. So we'll continue the series next week. We're going to look in at some different topics and kind of dig at these things. And our goal is to seek truth and that God might reveal truth for us. It's a great series for you to invite your friends and family to. Make sure you grab an invitation out at the hub uh, on your way out. God bless you guys. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Bless you.